This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. The Power of Prayer is our series, and today's message is God is more willing to answer than you are to ask. My brother Mark was an electrician working in a company for many years, and he felt a call into the ministry because he led prayer at his church, and the pastor said, I want you on staff. He left his job as an electrician. He became a director of prayer and small groups and discipleship at his church, and then he had a heart attack. And now he's back to being an electrician. He said, Lou, I don't know how you have been in the ministry for over 40 years. It's not for everyone. You've got to be called. But he said when he was in charge of prayer ministry, he was saddened, he was grieved by how few people pray because they don't want to bother God. Isn't that sad? God wants you to come to Him. God wants you to pray. God is more than willing and desirous to hear your voice and to answer your prayers. God is more willing to answer than you and I are to ask. And what is the evidence that God is more willing to answer than you are to ask? I have five pieces of evidence to give you. Number one, Jesus himself asked. Number two, Jesus taught us how to ask. Number three, we are asking a loving Father. Number four, there are three levels of asking I'll go into. And number five, we are asking a generous Father. So let's look at these five evidences that God's more willing to answer than we are to ask. First of all, Jesus asked in Luke chapter 11, verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now we often skip over the first verse. The first verse says Jesus was in the very act of praying himself. And he was in a certain place where he was focused on praying but it was not far enough from his disciples that they couldn't hear him. They said, Lord, we want you to teach us to pray just as John the Baptist taught his followers how to pray. Jesus, even though he was God, was fully man. And when he lived his human life here on earth, it was to be an example for you and me. And he prayed. He asked things of the Father on a regular basis. And because he, being the perfect human, prayed, we 
need to pray. We need to have faith. We need to ask of the Father as well. Secondly, Jesus taught us how to pray. When one of the disciples said, teach us to pray, like John uh, taught his disciples to pray, every rabbi had a set prayer by which they were encouraging their followers to approach God. And Jesus gives them this prayer as a model prayer. Notice it's, he says, when you pray. He didn't say, if you pray, but when you come to God and you ask of him, this is how you should pray. And this pattern of prayer is, like I said before, six file folders that you put in and expand or make as brief as you need to. He says, Father, hallowed be your name. We're asking that the Lord's name be held in highest esteem. Your kingdom come, that his kingdom come in its fullness. Give us each day our daily bread, that we have what we need to do his will each day. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, that we um, are to forgive our sins and forgive those who sin against us, and lead us not into temptation. Now this is interesting to see the differences between Luke chapter 11, 2-4, and Matthew chapter 6, um, where we have the Lord's Prayer and the Sermon on the Mount. Putting it all together, I want you to know that I have given you this gift in your bulletin. If you'll take this out from your bulletin, this is my summary of the key things to know about praying the Lord's Prayer. That when we come to God's name, the whole idea is worship. I worship you for who you are, and I pray for those who don't know you to come to know your greatness. When we pray about God's kingdom, we're praying, may your kingdom come in its fullness, and may I and your people obey your command to love and follow and exhibit your rule and reign now. When it comes to God's will, may I and your people be the hands and feet of Jesus on earth and do your will as the angels do it in heaven, willingly, immediately, and completely. And then when we come to your needs, in light of glorifying your name, hastening your kingdom, and doing your will on earth, I ask now for what I and your people will need today in order to love, serve, and be a witness of you. Regarding forgiveness, when I look at the radar screen of who may have hurt or tried to harm me, I forgive each person as an act of my will by the blood of Jesus, and I take each person off of my hook of accountability and put them on your hook of accountability. Forgive me for sinning against you in word, thought, and deed, and by what I have done and left undone. And then when we pray for our protection, we pray, I need your direction away from temptation and your protection from the evil one and his schemes. And as I said last week, the addition from 1 Chronicles 29, 11, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen, gives us a certain hope that our prayers are heard and that our Father God, in view of his great character, will bring to pass the highest good in our lives and that we can have confidence in his ultimate plan and purpose 
as our loving Heavenly Father. The third evidence of the fact that our Father is more willing to answer than we are to ask is in verses 5 to 8, where Jesus tells a parable. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. And you think about a friend that you have, a good friend, a person who knows you, who trusts you, who you've shared life experiences with. You've helped him and he's helped you. Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. Okay, that's not a convenient time, but you go to him. A friend in need is a friend indeed. You go to him and you say, friend, reminding him, hey, we've got a friendship here. Lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children and I are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. Now, you're shocked because you thought you were friends. But it's a bad time. And back in the um, Near East, when they went to bed at night, they would shut the front door and lay out all the mats for the family. And so for him to get to the door, he would obviously wake up the family members to do that. And he didn't want to inconvenience his family members, and wake them up in order, to, in order to get to the door. So he says, come back tomorrow at a more convenient time, in essence. But Jesus continues in this parable to say, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. This is called arguing from the lesser to the greater. A friend, a human friend, may let you down. In your time of greatest need, they may be too busy, they may have problems of their own, they may not be able to come through, but God is so much greater than your best friend and he will not fail you. And he will not tell you, don't bother me. And he will not uh, slumber or sleep. Your heavenly Father loves you. So we are asking when we pray our request of a loving heavenly Father, not a fair-weather friend. And this is a very important point the Lord makes about prayer to encourage us to come to the Father and to pray. Now, why does he say shameless audacity? I like the, the phrase unmerited temerity. Uh, both of those means chutzpah, what gall you have to keep on shamelessly knocking at the door and saying, I'm not going to leave here until you give me three loaves of bread. I need it. I need it now. <laughs> Why does the Lord say that? Because he's saying, if 
you have to be that uh, audacious in order to get the attention of your supposed friend, know how much easier it is to approach your loving Heavenly Father whose heart is already predisposed to be available to you and to provide for you. You don't have to be that way. So some people misuse this passage to teach that you just got to be hounding God. Luke 18 will teach about importunity in prayer, but this is really revealing more the heart of God who is willing to hear your prayer than it is about um, persistence in prayer. It does mention persistence of prayer, but that's not the main emphasis. Now, there are three levels of asking as Jesus talks about this in Luke 11, 9 to 10. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. By the way, it just so happens in the English language, if you take the first letters of ask, seek, and knock, that it spells ask. I was a teenager when I wrote a book, when I read a book called uh, Prayer is Asking, written by John Rice, uh, who was um, editor of Sword of the Lord magazine. Very conservative guy. But the book was basically this. Prayer is asking. What we do is window shop. We look at a whole bunch of things and we say, oh, I'd like that someday, I'd like that. But we don't ask. We don't put down our money and say, Lord, I want that. And so prayer is asking. We have not because we ask not. God wants us to ask. Now, there are three levels of asking, and those three are this. Number one, request. That's where you make the ask. Repetition is where you keep on asking. You're seeking. And then requirement is when you're knocking and say, I need it now. I desperately need this. And God is wanting us to ask, seek, and knock. And Jesus promises for everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. What does this tell you about the Father heart of God towards you? Is he willing to answer you? The answer is yes. Then we are to come to him. Now, many of us give up because we don't get an instant answer. We're to continue to seek. We're to continue to knock. Because God is preparing us for the answer he's going to give us And he's also changing us and conforming us to his will. So prayer is a lot more complex than simply, I'm asking you for something, give it to me now. It's, I want something according to your will. Shape me to receive it and conform me to your purposes in what you're accomplishing in life around me. So that's way more profound. Again, James 4, 
uh, 2 says, you have not because you ask not. The next evidence that God is more willing to answer than we are to ask is uh, in Luke 11, 11 to 13. This is the last one. Jesus says this, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Again, here's an argument from lesser to greater. You take a dad, and the dad gets a request from his son. Hey, dad, I'm hungry. Could I have a, a piece of fish? Oh, yeah, go over to that basket. He goes in the basket, and he goes to reach in, and there's a snake. Would a dad ever set up his son like that? No. Hey, dad, can I have an egg? Oh, yeah, it's over there in that basket. And he finds a scorpion. What's going on here? No dad would do that. And Jesus is saying, if you then, who have um, sin in your life, you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your Heavenly Father, who is perfect and holy, give good gifts to His children, especially the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit. So here is that wonderful picture of God the Father, that He is generous. James 1.5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives how? who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes from above, uh, from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And Ephesians 3.20-21, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God is able to do above and beyond, immeasurably above and beyond, more than anything we could ask of him or even imagine. Our God is a generous Father. These are evidences that God is willing more willing to answer than we are to ask. Jesus asked. Jesus taught us how to ask. Jesus, uh, we are to ask a loving Heavenly Father. We have three levels of asking, request, repetition, and requirement. And we, have, we are asking a generous Father. All these reasons should be a welcome sign for you and me not to even hesitate to go boldly into the throne room of grace having been sprinkled clean by the blood of Christ, and to say, Daddy, Abba, Father, I am in need. And the Lord, God Almighty, your loving Heavenly Father, wants to hear you, wants to answer you, and surprise you with even more than what you're asking for. We have not because we ask not how many of us in times of trial or trouble or even in everyday life go on autopilot or try to do it ourselves 
without acknowledging the Lord, without asking Him, without involving our loving Heavenly Father in our lives. Prayer is powerful because God is powerful. He's a prayer-hearing, prayer-answering God, and we are to come to Him. Would you bow with me right now in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank You that You hear our prayers. We thank You that You welcome our prayers. We thank You that You want us to pray that we may know that You are doing much more than just giving us something. You are shaping us and You are conforming us to Your will. And we want to be ready to receive and enjoy all that you have for us in doing your will and hastening your kingdom and glorifying your name. And so thank you, Father, for these teachings from your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May we take them to heart and put them into practice, realizing they reveal your loving, generous heart. You are truly a loving, generous Father to each and every one of us. And we are so thankful through faith in Jesus Christ that we are your children. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer and answering above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. We love you. Amen. May we walk day by day with our beautiful Savior.
A few announcements before we uh, conclude our service. First of all, uh, we want to wish happy birthday to Alma Knudsen. Happy birthday. Her birthday is tomorrow. Marilyn Bauman. Her birthday is on the 18th. Hi, Marilyn. Happy birthday to you. You're welcome. And we want to say a happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Happy Valentine's Day is tomorrow, so remember your significant special people in your life. <clears throat> the um, men's prayer breakfast is Tuesday at 7 o'clock, as you know, and we're studying love. How appropriate. Gaylord Ends compiled special scriptures on love, and we're going through them, and they've been a blessing. Prayer meeting is on Thursdays at 10 o'clock, and if you'd like to participate by Zoom, you can do that as well. Sometimes our connection fails us, and we're sorry that the four people who were on this last week got dropped about halfway through, but we'll try to uh, get better Wi-Fi connection. Sunday School Bible Study is at 9 o'clock. We just finished studying the Song of Solomon this past <coughs> sun, uh, Sunday, which was uh, very appropriate for Valentine's weekend. And so we'll continue on in our study book by book through the Bible. Stamp Ministry uh, we uh, meet the first and third Tuesday of each month. And so the 15th, this coming Tuesday, they'll be meeting if you have canceled stamps, there's a box right on the table in the foyer. You could put an envelope of canceled stamps in there and they recycle them and get money for much-needed missions. Next Sunday, we are going to have the Ridge 4 Plus 1 Quartet. The Plus 1 is our very own Maxine Ford, who plays the piano, but we're going to have a, a quartet with us during our morning service. So that's going to be a very special additional treat. The psalm series that I preached is available for purchase for $5 to cover the cost of running it off. And um, if you'd like to sign up, if there's none others available, uh, then Ruth will make you a copy. But there are some there for you to pick up and share it with your friends. An offering box is located at the back of the church. And also there's a yellow card for prayer requests if you have those because we'd love to pray, pray with you for your prayer request. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, what it, it, it's so good to be together as a church family. Thank you for those who participate by Zoom. Be with those who have health issues. Thank you, Lord, for comforting us and for guiding us through life. And Lord, thank you for hearing and answering our prayers in your perfect timing according to your perfect will. We love you, we thank you, and help us to tell others about your son Jesus and the forgiveness of sins through faith in him and the new life that is found by your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for your spirit who comforts us, who leads us into truth, who empowers us to live for you. Bless each person this week in Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services 
and faith-building messages from God's Word.